your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max, a deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Thank you for joining me. Today you'll hear highlights from the past week, including food, film, and music. Find out how to liven up your Lenten season with a fun way to fish fry and truly experience Milwaukee, whether you've lived here a lifetime or are new to the city. Meet a Madison mover and shaker building a special space for black culture. There is a new documentary about Milwaukee Bucks megastar Giannis Attentacumpo. What is it like creating this film? We'll find out in a behind-the-scenes conversation with producer and director Kristen Lapis. And meet a Wisconsin woman bringing black history to life through the music of the legendary Aretha. Franklin. I start with a question for you. Where are some of the most romantic spots to stay in Wisconsin? You're about to find out at least two destinations to spend the night and spice up your love life. Waukesha native Margaret Beinert and her husband Corey road tripped across the country for five years together, taking colorful photos for their new book called Hotel Kitsch, a pretty cool tour of America's fantasy getaways. I'm holding a copy in my hand if you're watching on the YouTube stream. The book cover catches your eye. It's got like bright Barbie colors, hot pink, sky blue, and the cover photo is this pink honeymoon hotel poolside with palm trees. So it automatically transports you to a space and kind of makes you want to road trip and see some of these fun hotels. Because instead of a neutral colored corporate hotel room like we usually see, The Beinerts visited dozens of creatively themed rooms in Wisconsin, even around the world, taking photos of beds in all shapes, heart-shaped clamshells, covered wagons and race cars, a Wizard of Oz-themed room, even igloos. It is a book that celebrates this design and the nostalgia of these hotels. Also, the survival. These are small businesses, you know? So Margaret and her husband, Corey... They spent these years road tripping and researching this book. That's a lot of time together for a couple, even if it is visiting fantasy suites of all levels of creativity. So I started my conversation with Margaret Beinert on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline with a question, a romantic one. How did she first meet her man? We met in college, so we've been married for 12 years, almost 13 years now. And uh, I guess we've both been very romantic at heart, and so... This all kind of worked out pretty perfectly for the two of us. That is wonderful that you've already road tripped exploring hotels, but now this is such a bright, vibrant, colorful book. Hotel Kitsch, what is the focus of this very romantic book? That's a great question. I really think the focus is these rooms that give people a really unique experience, especially ones that bring a connection. So Corey and I obviously are a couple traveling together, so we are looking for something that caters to a little bit more of the romantic side of things. So if you can, you know, give us an experience that we can't stop talking about or that is just kind of giving us a new way to connect. Um, And I think these rooms do that by really bringing you out of your day-to-day life and into something really wild. And it, it just transports you into a fantasy land. And I think that's what this book is really all about. Whether you're looking through the book at home and you're getting to see this creative world that that we've found 
or if you actually want to go to the places, it's a really good guidebook for finding them. It is inspiring because the two of you have really brought out the colors and the life. It really is fun just to flip through the book. And you've got two Wisconsin. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, my pleasure. This has been really fun. Like you said, even if you can't travel all around the country to visit these spots, you're bringing us inside and giving me smiles. Now, we used to have oh. a Fantasy Suites hotel here about 20 years ago at 27th Street and I-94 in Milwaukee, and it was full of the different themed rooms. I will confess, I spent some time in the Hawaiian waters. There was a birthday oh, cake room. There was a beer no. barrel room. But it doesn't exist anymore. So it is fun to see that these still happen. So you've got two Wisconsin spots, first in Dodgeville, and it's yes. an airplane, the Don Q Inn. What was your experience there? That one is one of the first fantasy suite rooms that ended up turning into the fantasy suites that actually were also in Milwaukee, but this one was the first one. And there's a plane out front, but inside they have the like the craziest rooms. You know, they, of course, have the classic space room, so you can sleep in kind of a UFO spaceship. <laughs> they have heart-shaped tubs. They have the cave room. It's just it's really just a unique uh, hotel that might not look like much from the outside, you know, besides the fact that there's a plane on the lawn. They offer some really wild fantasy suites. Then the other spot in Wisconsin is Mequon, and I thought it was interesting because Sybaris kind of used to have a jokey reputation. What is your right? review of the Sybaris brand? Well, I was familiar with Sybaris. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I've heard about it. I've seen, I've seen the commercial. I've heard the jokes. And so for so long, I didn't take it seriously. But when we were doing this project, I said to my husband, you know what, we should probably just check out Sybaris and see how good it is. And it turned out to be one of our favorite hotels. I mean, we had a ball. We had a room <laughs> with a private pool in the room with a water slide. That's what I was going to ask, know, the water slide. It was, we laughed so hard that day. It was so fun. It's one of the cleanest hotels you've ever stayed. They were so well put together. They thought through so much of the, the romance and also just like the, the hospitality aspect of things. I was blown away and I immediately was texting all my Midwest friends saying, stop writing off Sybaris. I'm not joking. Get a membership. This is the best, especially in the winter when it's freezing cold and you don't want to be outside. Go book a Sybaris suite. They are so fun for a romantic getaway. How fun. So Don Q in in Dodgeville, Sybaris in Mequon or anywhere in the Midwest. I love that this is so opposite of just the generic hotel room. What is one of the shapes of the bed that surprised you and your husband, Corey, most? You got to think race Ugh. cars and birthday cakes and heart shape. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're so creative. I think one of my favorite ones, though, is actually at the Don Q in Wisconsin. There's a hot air balloon bed. So it's actually suspended in the air. It's hanging from the ceiling. You can see underneath it. And then literally you're just like in the basket of this massive hot air balloon. And again, it's those rooms that you walk in and you just, it kind of takes your breath away. And you both go, this is incredible. But you also go, who did this? Like, those are just the best rooms. Thank you for the, creating this great book of a checklist for you and your sweetheart, all ages, uh, whether you're retired and want a road trip around or you're a fresh couple looking to spice it up. Thank you so much. Thank you for all your nice words about it. Margaret and her husband, Corey, are designers and photographers, so they really know how to capture the fun of these rooms. And were you as surprised by her Sybaris review as I was? The book is called Hotel Kitsch. 
a pretty cool tour of America's fantasy getaways. Uh, you can see a photo of it on the YouTube stream on WTMJ. Uh, you can also find them on a pretty cool hotel tour on Instagram and their website as a pretty cool hotel tour. And now, a fun way to Friday fish fry this Lent. Next on What's on Tap. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. I'm Sandy Max. We talk about culture and creativity on What's on Tap. And a true part of Wisconsin culture is the Friday fish fry. The beginnings of this local tradition, they can be traced back to the Polish immigrants who lived on Jones Island in the 1800s in Milwaukee. You likely have a Friday fish fry spot that you're fond of, a place you like to go to regularly. There is a way to liven up your Lent and spend a Friday night sampling fish fries across the city. Milwaukee Food and City Tours founder and Chief Experience Officer Teresa Nemitz joined me on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline to tell us about this special tour she's created. At Milwaukee Food and City Tours, we take it up a notch or two or three because we go to three different stops for fish fry in a night as well as, of course, have some custard, and we stop for a visit to a church. And, you know, Milwaukee, it was built on really three things, right? Faith, beer, and fish. And so on the tour, we're telling the story of Milwaukee and the fish fry. You know, a lot of times we get into those old habits, and we just go to the place that we know and we think of for our favorite fish fry. But this tour lets you kind of discover some new places. I like that idea because it's a great way to learn about your own city and it gets you out of that comfort zone. I took a tacos and tequila tour with uh, Milwaukee Food and City Tours and it really was great to get around to different neighborhoods at Mexican restaurants that maybe you'd driven by but never really stopped at. So I, I like that as a good experience. Teresa mentioned that they stop at a church. So I was curious and I asked her, which one? St. Constantine and Helen, which is the Greek Orthodox Church in Wavatosa. And they just give us a great tour And they also have just a really fantastic fish fry. You know, it's more than just fish. It's about faith. It's about Milwaukee and and kind of telling that story. It's a wonderful way to learn about the history of the city, whether we've been here for a really long time and grew up here, or we talk about people who are new to the city. It's a great way to discover and get excited about the history and the, the lore of Milwaukee. We like to take people sometimes to places on that fish fry tour where, you know, maybe they didn't think of being able to go. For example, the Harley Davidson Museum, uh, they have a great restaurant there and just a really fantastic fish fry. I know a lot of people always think of the old Turner Hall for their fish fry favorites. Now they have turning tables there, and so being able to go there. And then, of course, to end with frozen custard at Kit's Frozen Custard. If anyone wants to get those tickets, you can buy those tickets at Milwaukee Food Tours. It's always a sellout, but we are offering it for lunch and for dinner this Lenten season. Milwaukee Food and City Tours founder and chief experience officer Teresa Nemitz with a fun idea for you and your family and your friends. There are six more Friday fish fry nights before Easter, so make the most of it. And I like malt vinegar with my beer-battered cod and buttered rye bread and potato pancakes. Mmm, I'm getting hungry. Moving on to Madison, where there is a true mover and shaker who is actively creating a new creative space. Meet Reverend Dr. Alexander G. next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. What's on Tap with Sammy Max is back on WTMJ. Former news anchor Toya Washington and I had the pleasure of talking with Madison's 
longest-serving faith leader for four decades now, and he's involved in many inspiring, impactful projects. He is the Reverend Dr. Alexander G. on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I got to tell you, in getting to know you a little bit online, you're a busy, busy man. Can you tell us what, <laughs> what don't you do? Uh, yeah, what, yeah, what are you doing now? What are some of the projects that you are working on and some of your accomplishments? I'm the founder of the Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership Development, which is a social service, family empowerment, and leadership development organization for African-American youth and families in Madison. I'm a podcast host, Black Like Me podcast with Dr. Alex G. Award-winning Best of Madison podcast. But I'm also working on the Center for Black Excellence and Culture. It is a cultural space in Madison that helps to focus on joy and thriving, Black joy and Black thriving and Black wellness in our community in order to stop the brain drain of African-Americans leaving Wisconsin to warmer parts of the country because of more cultural affiliation. We've talked about that exodus a lot, mm-hmm. whether it's children moving on from Wisconsin or people coming to college and then leaving again. What is it about culture that you think is going to keep people here in Wisconsin? You know, Sandy, if we were to look at Wisconsin's history, largely Scandinavia, it has a great German influence. The food, the place where you can go to culture, like when I was younger, like in college, Mater's was this famous German restaurant near the river. There are places that reinforced the culture of the people who settled the area. That doesn't exist for black folks. And that's not just African-American. I mean, people from Africa, folks from the Caribbean who identify as Afro-Latino and, of course, African-American blacks. There's not that sense of reinforcement. So when my wife came to college um, in, in 1982, she couldn't go to Marshall Fields at Hilldale and buy nylons or makeup for African-American women. Mm-hmm. And in Chicago, that's where many of the black women would go to get those kinds of things. So there's small things like that. One barber shop in our community while growing up. No real sit-down soul food restaurants to speak of. So there's not that cultural reinforcement that says to a community, you built this, this has been built for you and with you. And so it's too easy for people to hang out in other places. So when I was a kid, my mom would put us in a station wagon, bring us down to Milwaukee so we would go to Speed Queen on 12th and Walnut, Mm -hmm. Perkins, other places, Riverside, because if we wanted to see black culture, if we wanted to see Anita Baker where people were dancing in the aisles, it would be at Riverside because we don't do that at the Overture Mass. We don't dance in the aisles. And so it's that reinforcement. It's sort of like, I say it this way, Sandy and Toya, that if you were to go to grandma's house and every grandchild's picture was up there but yours, after a couple of years, you, you start saying, hey, grandma or mom and dad, you guys want to tell me something? That's right. Because like everybody else is represented here. That's the way Madison feels. That's what Wisconsin feels for a lot of us in the black community, that our art and our representation isn't here. And that doesn't offer a welcoming experience. I'm someone that loves to investigate all kinds of culture. So this isn't just sure. a place where... It's not exclusive. This is a place that will open to the entire state and beyond, hopefully, that people can come in and see that there is another thriving, surviving, flourishing community here. So those people who do want that exposure to not just what is within their bubble, this offers us that. What's the status of the center right now? The center will be located in Madison because we have site control here. 
we are on track for breaking ground this spring. I encourage you to hear the full conversation that Toya Washington and I had with the inspiring and effective Reverend Dr. Alexander G. on the podcast of What's on Tap from earlier this week. Find the What's on Tap podcast on WTMJ.com and wherever you get your podcasts and follow along with the progress on the building of the Center for Black Excellence and Culture in Madison at the website theblackcenter.org. Next, we go behind the scenes of Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. It's a new documentary, and you'll hear a conversation with the film's director next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. Here on What's on Tap, we chatted with the local creative team currently filming a documentary about Wisconsin icon and Hall of Fame sportscaster Bob Euchre. While that documentary called Uke is in production now, a new documentary about another iconic figure here in our state is ready for you to watch on Monday night. And it's about the Greek freak. It's called Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. And learn all about it in this conversation from WTMJ's Wisconsin's Morning News earlier this week. If you thought you already knew everything there is to know about our guy, global superstar now Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're going to be surprised by how much you will learn in this new film. It's called Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I want to be the NBA player. The Milwaukee Bucks select Giannis Antetokounmpo. From Athens, Greece. 18 years old, coming from a different country. Everything was new to him. My brothers, the first time they're going to see me in an NBA game. I'm just very happy. It's a feature-length documentary. It's presented by Prime Video. Premieres next week in theaters and drops on Prime Video Monday as well. I can't count the number of times I got chills up my spine watching this inspiring film. The producer and director, Emmy Award winner, Kristen Lapis, is joining us live on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. Morning, Kristen. Hi there. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, you are probably so ready for this thing to drop and for people to start seeing it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a... It's been a long, rewarding two years, but I'm, I'm definitely ready for it to be out in the world uh, and, and get people's thoughts. So it, it's nice to hear that, you know, you mentioned that you got chills. That That's like the greatest compliment. So oh, awesome. thank you for that. <laughs> Many times over. Let me draw people in emotionally to this story, and then we'll go back over some of the things about putting the film together. But one of the primary takeaways, and I've told everybody that I've had the opportunity to see that, you know, hey, I got to see this film ahead of time, and one of the primary takeaways I have is the young days. We all knew that Giannis and his brothers and their family grew up poor in Greece, but you took us there, and you showed us how poor this family was and how hungry Giannis and his brothers were in that time. Yeah, I mean, that was really, really important to me when I took this this project on was to make sure that we were capturing the human side of this. And, you know, there aren't a lot of home videos or photographs of Giannis's upbringing. Um, so we had to go the route of recreation. But something that was really, really important to me in order to keep it as authentic as possible is actually filming all of the recreation in the actual places that Giannis and his family grew up. So we rented out the apartment that they lived in. 
we uh, filmed on the streets of Zapolia, the neighborhood he grew up in, the gym that he first, you know, shot a basketball. So all of that was authentic to to his actual experiences. And it's funny, like when I showed him um, the final cut of the film, he noticed that he was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, I, I've, you know, I haven't been in that apartment in so long. How did you? How did you know?" Um, so, anyways, we tried to keep it as authentic as possible, even though there weren't, um, you know, a ton of home videos or, or photographs to kind of bring us back to that moment. Um, so, I hope we were able to accomplish that. Well, and and let me now talk about you putting this film together, this feature length documentary. Uh, you do it without narration, so there's no you know, voice of God, so to speak, that comes in there and takes you through um, childhood to the draft to Giannis becoming a star, all of those things. You do this entirely right. with the interviews of so many people. I want folks to understand how difficult that is. I put together a four- or five-minute piece for radio. I very rarely will do that without my own narration. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to tell a story in that way. It is. It's a huge challenge. But I will say this, when you have subjects like the Antetokounmpo family that have really never told their story through their own words, they had a lot to say. And like, I was just so taken aback by the level of detail that each of them provided in the interviews. I mean, we sat Giannis down for six hours total um, in two oh separate sit down interviews. So it was, a, you know, it, it was not a quick like half hour, 20 minute thing. Um, and I think that, you know, in interviewing his brothers, I actually used this device where I showed Giannis some of the clips from their interviews. And I think that really allowed him to open up further. So, again, like, thank you for noticing that. It is really challenging, but I feel like with the right voices and, again, like, gathering tons and tons of sound, we sat down everybody in Giannis's life who, you know, was important to his journey. Um, and we were thankfully able to accomplish it, but it, it isn't, you know, it isn't a given and we didn't go in like automatically thinking we were going to have enough interview sound mm-hmm. to do it without narration. Kristen Lapis is the producer and director of the film Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. It's uh, debuting on Monday. You can get it on Prime Video and also we'll have screenings here in Milwaukee. So we'll tell you a little bit more about that. The other thing that I learned and, and I did learn, you know, people want new and we know Giannis well now in Milwaukee, Kristen, obviously we're mm. big fans, uh, but people want to know, learn new things. And I certainly learned a lot of new things. Another thing that I learned is just in how many different ways the Bucks won the lottery with drafting Giannis where they did at number 15, how much the Bucks didn't know about this kid from Greece, including a, I mentioned the hunger before, how he came to the team anemic and just having not been well fed. We saw Giannis grow in a matter of a couple of seasons into this Adonis that, that he is now. Part of it was he just hadn't eaten properly, much less had nutrition, had never lifted weights as a first round draft pick in the NBA. And also how the Bucks learned later, because their trainers had not had an opportunity even to give him a physical, that this kid was still going to grow taller. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it 1,000% it, it is. They took a an absolute shot in the dark on him um, based on his raw talent. And, you know, in talking to, you know, the former GM, John Hammond, um, his his kind of story of how he discovered Giannis is, is really miraculous. Like, he went to Athens. He saw him practice. He didn't even see him in a game in Greece. And from that practice, he felt like there was something there. I mean, somebody that's able to – <laughs> to like identify that level of talent without, like you said, having a physical. The trainers and the physicians at the Bucks didn't get to to actually evaluate him before the draft pick. 
Um, it really is remarkable that, you know, they were able to take that shot in the dark and they really saw something in him. And then, of course, what he's evolved into. But, but yeah, I didn't understand the extent of just how little the Bucks really knew about him when they made that draft pick. Kristen Lapis is producer and director of the new Giannis Antetokounmpo documentary. Other thing that I learned too, Kristen, Giannis has always talked about his family, about his brothers, about his late father, about his mother, how important they are, about his now fiance and the children that he now has. So sure, Giannis is a family guy. Giannis is a family guy. Didn't understand or appreciate that fully until I watched your film, how much that mattered to him, how when his family finally came over here to America to join him in Milwaukee, how that changed him not only as a person, but how he became a better player for the Bucks once he had his people around him. One thousand percent. If his family had never got their visas and were able to move over here, I'm not sure that he would have had an NBA career. And I'm being totally honest about right. that. And he, he told me that, um, that if his, if his family didn't get their visas, his rookie season, he was going to go back to Athens. Um, so again, yes, we've heard the narrative that family means something to Giannis, but until I sat down with his three brothers, with him, with his mom, I didn't understand the extent of it either. And it, and it literally is the only lens that he looks at life through. Um, he's very different from a lot of other NBA players that I've worked with or done stories on um, he's not part of that NBA fraternity. It's really just like he plays and then he's with family. And that's like really all that matters <laughs> yeah. to him. And, and Mariah is now a part of that, of course. <laughs> um, and I, you know, the, the way that they met is so remarkable too. But again, like she fits into that fold so well. Kristen, you mentioned it a little bit, some of your work in the past on sports docs and your IMDB resume. Very impressive. You have so many projects under your belt. I'm curious to know, was there a moment while you were producing our putting together this documentary where you had to just kind of stop and take in the story that was being told. Cause I know when you, you have projects like this that are extensive, the ideas of deadlines, finishing this ABCD can come in, but was there a moment during the production where you kind of just had to stop and take in the story that you were helping to tell? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that moment happened. Um, it was after the the first three hour sit down that I had with Giannis, which was April of 2023. Um, I feel like he really let his guard down in that interview and really let me in and trusted me. And I felt like there was a, a turning point in that moment because again, when you do a film like this with somebody that's very private, like there's a lot of trust involved in that and like building that up over the course of several years. And I feel like we had a, a really great breakthrough during that three hour interview um, and then fast forward uh, three weeks after that, I had my, my second daughter and I took two months off maternity leave um, away from the project. And honestly, it was during those two months that like I was really able to reflect on what a remarkable story this was and that it was a story about like parents' sacrifices for their kids and now Giannis as a father. And I, like I think that the reason that he wanted to become a father so young was because of his father's passing and, and the impact that had on him. Um, so I was able to kind of take a, a, a step back, which is very rare in making a film like this. Like you said, crazy deadlines, all of these things. Amazon was wonderful and they let me take two months to kind of step away. And I think that actually made the film stronger, being able to have that point of reflection before I entered the edit in the fall. Kristen, you divide the film up into three chapters. I wonder if, what, what do you think Chapter four is going to be for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, I know what he wants it to be. And what, whatever he kind of sets his mind out to do, 
he does it. So I, I believe that Chapter 4 is going to be another decade of success in the NBA. I know that success for him means championships. I know that that he does not take a day off. Like, there was a really fascinating um, moment in the interview that, unfortunately, we weren't able to find a place for in the final documentary where he says that, like, the day after a championship or an MVP or a big win, people take a day off and they have a glass of wine and they sit back and they relax. And like, that is not him. Like he has never done that. Like, he's like, I don't even, he's like, I don't even drink alcohol. He's like, he's like the next day after the tournament, he's like, after the championship, he's like, I was back in the gym. So again, like that's just his mentality. Like it's never enough. It's always on to like, what can I accomplish next for the city of Milwaukee for my family, for my legacy, that is so important. So I think it's another decade of success um, in in Milwaukee, and I can't wait to see what the next chapter brings. Uh, him and I joked that in 20 years we're going to do his version of the Last Dance. Um, that's going to be more basketball focused than family focused. So nice, and I we'll like see. that timeline. 20 years <laughs> out, please. More Giannis in the short term. <laughs> exactly. Kristen Lapis is the producer and director. Of the film is Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. It's extraordinary work. Kristen, really appreciate your time uh, this morning, and congratulations. I know people here are going to love it, people everywhere. So uh, really, really great stuff. Thank you so much. You want to watch it now, don't you? Here's how. Giannis, The Marvelous Journey will be available to stream exclusively on Prime Video. So if you already have an Amazon Prime membership, you can watch it Monday night, and you also have the opportunity to get passes to see it on the big screen Monday night at a few local cinemas, including in Brookfield and in Oak Creek. So the key, though, is that Amazon Prime membership. A local corrections officer who's also a reality show winner and her special gift. She is next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. Welcome back to this show about culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and also around the world. I'm Sandy Max and we're spotlighting a Beloit-born woman who brought her gift of music to the stage at the Bend Theater in West Bend Friday night. She's very talented. She's even a reality show winner and has a surprising day job. Let's go to the Tri-County Contracting Hotline to meet this local musical artist. I am Dequila Payne. I am the lead singer for the Respect, the tribute to the Queen of Soul tribute. Dequila, I have to tell you, one of your biggest fans is your cousin Colleen, who called me to tell me she remembers you singing as a child, and she says you have a God-given gift for singing. Do you feel that way? I do. I do. And how do you hope people remember Aretha Franklin? I hope they remember her as a great storyteller, because she was. Through her songs, she sang songs that reached your heart or made you remember. Um, those are the kind of comments that I love to get like after the show, People say, oh, my gosh, I remember where I was when I heard this song or I used to dance like this when I would hear this song. And she evokes such emotions from people. Truly. And you have been singing your entire life and you were kind of doing reality shows before they were all the rage. Tell us about yeah. the gifted reality show in 2007. I'm not familiar with that one. It only ran one time. And there wasn't a ton of promotion for it, but my mother happened to be watching the Trinity Broadcasting Network, which is the Christian network. 
she saw this commercial for this talent show that would be on TV. And we got the information, went and did the auditions, and went on to uh, be at the finals. And it turns out I actually beat 16,000 people to win a contract with EMI Gospel. What an accomplishment. And early (laughs) in your life, I love that. And then you weren't finished with reality TV. You got the golden ticket. You went to Hollywood for American Idol just a few years later. Yeah, I did. I did. And that was my cousin Colleen again. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like, oh, my gosh, American Idol is going to be downtown in Milwaukee. And I had auditioned for American Idol prior to several other years back. And I was just like, eh, you know. But since it was right in Milwaukee, I just kind of was like, eh, I have nothing to lose. (laughs) Just go downtown. And I ended up getting a golden ticket, and I ended up being in the top 500. So I got to be in Hollywood or California for about a week or so. What an exciting experience for you. And you're such a gifted singer, but that's not your day job. What else do you do? I work for the Department of Corrections during the day. I'm a probation and parole agent. So, how long have you had that? The music career? is a good outlet. <laughs> um, I have, I've been with the state for um, going on nine years. You truly make a difference every single day in that kind of a job, don't I you? I try. I try to. I try to. You know, you just take it one person at a time. So, hopefully, you know, the people I work with think that. I I help to make changes. Does anyone in the corrections field know that you're also a singer? Do you walk around humming? I don't walk around humming. Um, (laughs) However, yeah, I want to say quite a few people know. You want to hear and see Dequayla Cookie Payne performing? You can find out her next shows at the website acaentertainment.com. Sing along with an Aretha Franklin tune. It's the song you need to hear next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blokes are going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. It's a soulful and sassy song inspired by that last conversation with local singer Dequayla Cookie Payne, who sings in an elaborate Aretha Franklin tribute show, also inspired by Black History Month. Aretha Franklin was a legendary musical artist and a strong woman. Think it's the song you need to hear on What's on Tap. Just I ain't no psychiatrist, I ain't no doctor with the green. 
The Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, on What's on Tap on WTMJ. Black History Month, a great reason to dig into some great music. And that song also just reminds me of the Blues Brothers movie. But I was looking up Aretha Franklin, and the last times that she played in Milwaukee was only about a handful of times. She played Summerfest 1981 and 1986. Aretha Franklin also played the Wisconsin State Fair twice in 1993 and 2014. She did a performance at the arena downtown in 2003. And the last time Aretha Franklin was on stage in Milwaukee was 2016 at the Riverside Theater. I'm guessing all those shows were memorable. The Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. I'm Sandy Max. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I invite you to join me weeknights at 6 for What's on Tap. It is an hour of culture and creativity here locally and around the world. Recent features have included Marquette University's specially brewed beer to commemorate the McCormick Hall Dormitory, a conversation with George Carlin's head of his estate talking about artificial intelligence and how George Carlin has been used, even some Downton Abbey gossip. Catch up on the podcast at WTMJ.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, I might surprise you with the song you need to hear. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll meet you back here at 6 o'clock weeknights for What's on Tap on WTMJ.